Welcome to the Coffee Pod mini series of podcasts. This is the AI for Science and Government edition. In here, we want to focus on the people behind the projects and get to know them and their story. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Coffee Pod ASG edition, where we're talking about the people behind ASG and behind the projects of ASG. And today I am I have the honor of being joined online by also a postdoc at ASG, uh, Hussein Rappel. So Hussein, welcome. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. So first and most important question that I ask everyone that joins us on the Coffee Pod is, how do you usually take your coffee? Uh I normally take tea. I don't drink coffee because it makes me stressed. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I just drink mint tea normally, so yes, I, it, I, which doesn't have caffeine in it. So but this is great, and also you are not the first one to tell us, and you're probably not going to be the last one to tell us that they take your coffee without coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um. So my first question after this one is how. Can you tell us a little bit about about you, like your path, uh, where did you study, what's your background, and how did you end up here at the Cheering? So I did my bachelor and master in Iran. I did the study mechanical engineering and applied mechanics in Iran. Then I moved to Luxembourg and I did my PhD in computational science at the University of Luxembourg, and I did PhD at the University of Liège in Belgium. Uh, in engineering science and then I I did one year postdoc there in Luxembourg also then I moved to Turing and I did a postdoc with Mark Jolami at Turing and Cambridge University can be it's it, the lab is called computational statistics and machine learning lab in Cambridge and I did my, my postdoc with Mark G or Mark Jolami chief scientist at Turing and then I moved to Exeter, where I'm lecturer now. Oh, that's so great. Uh, congratulations on being a lecturer, first of all. Um, and also, this is such a diverse background. Um, so did you, is this how you envisioned your career was going to go? Is this how you were thought um, that you would end up? Yeah, from the beginning, well, I think when I was high school, I wanted to become a professor anyway. So that part was clear for me. But the path of moving from engineering to uh, probability person, no, I didn't like probabilities at all at the beginning. I hated them because it, I didn't understand them very well. So it, it was hard for me to follow it. But I loved math. And from the beginning, I was one of those engineering students who wasn't really engineer, but more mathematics, like a linchpin between math and engineering. So. It, what I call engineering mathematics, basically. I was that guy from the beginning, but I was more PDE guy and differential equation guy, integration guy. And uh, uh, I never thought that I will work on probability theory, but then uh, in my PhD, somehow came up that, okay, can you work on this? I said, well, it looks like a challenge. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up in working on probability theory. Um, and I guess... Now you're a changed man. Now that you work in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now I love probability. <laughs> you can describe all your life based on that. So, what do you think your previous, your past self would say about that? That you now love probability. Uh, pro pretty, pretty much surprised, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I vividly remember that I didn't like it at the beginning at all. 
I didn't like it up to the point also that I was doing it, let's say the third year of my PhD, because still I couldn't understand why people don't use regular methods, for example, for parameter identification. And they do use what I work on is Bayesian inference. Yeah. which is inverse probability. Yes. Probably everybody in Turing does that, but I mean, in general. <laughs> so I, I never knew, the, I never understood up to third year, I think very well that why do people do that? And the, I was like, okay, why don't we just use a regular least square method? And I didn't know even that, I didn't have the vision that even the least square methods can be described in terms of, Right, regular probability, and it yeah. comes from that. And Neil Lawrence, who is also a Turing, he has a very good lectures on that. That how list squares ends up to they they really mash together, and it's very well. Uh, he gives a good history about that. So I really suggest people watch it. Actually, so I guess my question is: if um, you went back in time and you met your previous self at the time, what would you tell them? You know, you're even if you can go younger than when you were an undergrad and you hated probability, probabilities, but what would you have said to your younger self about, you know, um, how you are in your career and what went on? What advice would you give yourself? I'll probably take it easy a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I had this mentality that you have to rush all the time. Uh, I don't think that's the case anymore. And I, I don't think you need to rush. And there are lots of examples who haven't done really well and they don't rush in all, the, in all their work. You shouldn't really be the guy who finishes his PhD the fastest and all those things, right? So I think this is a good advice for I, everyone. I mean, Mark Girolami is really a good example. He was 10 years chartered engineer and then switched to academia and he's now in top level academic right so he he's really good example that he just uh, thought about the path itself and not you know then, um, uh, yeah yeah probably that would be the most important advice that i would give myself then i think it's a really good advice even uh, for us now to not rush i do think the pandemic also changed a lot of how people see uh, the rushing and the everything um but you were telling us, so I introduced you as a postdoc at the Turing, but you're actually now um, a lecturer. So how was your um, path? How was, did you find, how did you find working at Turing, working for ASG? And how did that help you to reach the position that you have now? So that's the way that I found the job, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I was postdoc up to last year at Turing. And then I did, I think December, I started here as a lecturer, but the, the, the group that I'm working now, it's called DC, which is Data Centric Engineering, and it's chaired by Tim Dotwell, who is also Turing AI fellow. So I think you can see the connection that how I ended up here. Yes. <laughs> so it, I think it was one day before the deadline that Tim Dotwell, whom I never had seen him, just sent an advertisement in Slack channel that we had in, we have a touring Slack channel. I don't know if you have it still now because I don't, I, I don't have the touring email anymore. So he just sent an email in and then it was an ad and it was one day before the deadline. I just applied for it and I just got the job. So 
That's, so it was right on time. Yeah, pretty much. Like it was. I I'm pretty sure I just submitted the application one hour before the deadline. Even. Did you enjoy working at the Turing? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, uh, I the time that I arrived to the Turing, it was kind of like shaky because when I arrived, the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. So we all went to. We had to stay at home, and so. The problem was that I was coming from Luxembourg and I didn't have a proper place because I want I, London is a big city and I don't like living in big cities. So I was supposed to live in Cambridge and go to our Cambridge office. But then I got kind of because of pandemic, I got stuck in London and then I wasn't, I didn't have even proper accommodation. So it was quite, the first year was tough, but the second year, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed our group in Cambridge also, which is a combination of Cambridge and touring people. Some people like Lawrence, Lawrence Bull, he was my teammate. He was hired by touring that time. Now I think he's hired by Cambridge, but he works vice versa. So yeah, I learned a lot there also. Yeah, it was really nice. I mean... This was a segue. It's a great segue into my next question because I was going to ask you, how did you find coming to Europe and ultimately coming to the UK? When I came to Europe from Iran, I I, I went to Luxembourg, which is a slightly small country. <laughs> it's one of the smallest countries. So uh, uh, I found it very nice there, actually. And then I came to UK and research culture in the UK is slightly different, especially in London. It's much faster. So, but then uh, you see lots of people. So the talent pool is also larger here. So you see lots of good people here and that gives you motivation. But also I personally, I like calm style of life and, Mm -hmm. Specifically, London is not calm style of city, right? So it's a bit crowded city, and uh, so it makes me a bit anxious. But uh, I'm not used to it. But at the beginning, it was quite hard for me. London was hard. And I guess now you moved away again. Yes, uh, my intention is never to live in a big city. I was going to ask, how do you find your new place? It's pretty much like Luxembourg in London, <laughs> in the UK. So it's very much a small city and it's a university city. Yeah. Everybody's from the university and it's like 45 minutes from everywhere. So by walking. So it's 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 good. I like it. Uh, it has its own challenges. It's a teaching place. I mean, it's it has teaching, lecturership has teaching. And I have never taught. So, because I have always been in a research center. Yes, I was in Turing before. Before that, I was in Luxembourg, which is a, which is not an undergrad university. It has all PhDs and postdocs. Yeah. So this is really first time after eight years or something to be in a like a un- proper university style place, and it's really different. And teaching has its own challenges. But I, that's the part. That's part of the path. You have to do that, right? So you can't do anything else. How are you find that's my next question, which is how are you finding teaching and um, can you balance as well with research? Sorry, uh, you know, it's okay. So, because it's my first time teaching, uh, it's kind of like hard to balance, so it's really yeah. you have to learn a lot. But 
Uh, I teach two modules now. One of them is mathematics and one of them is fundamentals of mechanics. Mathematics is my comfort zone, so that yes. doesn't really bother me. That's something that I have done all the time. I, I can do it easily. But fundamentals of mechanics is something that I teach. I, I have, like... I just know the physics part, right? So <laughs> the engineering part is like, okay. Because as I said, I'm not really the engineer that everybody thinks, right? So it's a, it's, it's a challenge, but I'm learning from that one also. I, I, I'm studying structural analysis and all those things. It, it's, it's harder than math for me. <laughs> well, it's good because then it's, it's, um, you're teaching, but also learning. So you're just getting yeah. both sides of it. <laughs> yeah, but it takes more time. So that yes. one takes more time. And that one is online. And uh, my style is blackboard and chalk. So the, to solve that problem, for example, I now the, the online one I'm doing with pencil and paper. Yes. So that I can still have the feeling of writing slow and all those things. But I, I'm learning new stuff there. Yesterday, I taught something that I had never hear, heard of, and it's it went good. Um, but this is so good. Again, you get to learn all of these things, and you get to to share them with new minds and impressionable minds. And the students are good. I, I'm really happy with the students here. So. That's really good. Um, but now, for one final question, we want to know you outside of work. So what do you enjoy doing? What is your hobbies... What do you do when you're not worried about learning new things to teach? <laughs> so I, I play games, video games, and I, I just read books. Oh, what video games? Uh, I'm a pretty much retro gamer. I play something that is much older than me even. I, I don't know if you know Atari 2600, which is like 50 years old console. It's the simplest console available now. Yes. And I play the games from that one. It's They're very simple. I like simpler stuff. Oh, it sounds so cool to 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 be a retro gamer actually to just play all of these games. I was expecting like a I don't know a very modern game, but I think this is way cooler. <laughs> I, I'm really I like old school stuff. I I, I like simpler stuff. So um, I like still I like still typewriters. So. Yeah, well, and I read books. So that's great. I, I what type of books do you read? This is my final question. Yeah, usually history, history of math or something like that. Okay. So also retro books. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hussein, thank you so much for being a guest of the yeah, Thank you Pod. for having me. It was great to get to know you. Yeah, and great. I hope I wish you all the best. And thank you uh, very much. That you continue teaching and learning so much. Thank you for listening to The Coffee Pod. I'm your host, V. Costa Gomes, and the episodes are produced by Luca Lane. This is a collaboration with ASG, with a shout-out to Zainab Ismail and Achintia Rao. Our music has been produced by Spider Z Vinyl. <laughs>